We want to pray for our prodigals this morning. Sister Jessica, lead us in that, please. In a time where we've been disconnected and not been able to get together, it's more important now than ever before to lift these people up. Thank you, Jesus. God, right now, Lord, I just pray that your spirit of truth would saturate our prodigals today. Lord, tear down every stronghold that the enemy has built today in their minds. Tear down every lie today in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of deception that is trying to overtake our prodigals today. Loose your truth, God. Loose your Holy Ghost over them to minister. God, I'm asking that your angels would be loosed to speak to them, to shake them away, God. Let a spirit of urgency be loosed over every single one of them, God. May your goodness draw them to repentance today. Help them find an altar of repentance today. While they still have time, while you still may be found, Jesus, help them find you today. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Today, um, or I'll just let you know, I'm going to go ahead and get to our, our lesson today. But uh, if you have brought your tithe or offering, uh, you can just bring it up after service is over and put it in the baskets. And uh, that'll keep us from having people uh, coming by and breaking that social distancing we're trying to, trying to maintain. Uh, thank you for being in the house of the Lord. One verse of scripture while you're standing. And again, it's so good to see some of you that we haven't seen in service in a while, and just because we haven't been able to get together, and um, I'm so glad to, to see you. I've run into some of you in town and see you, and it always makes my heart so glad to see you, And uh, but man, I love seeing you in the house of the Lord. Praise God. So one verse of scripture, Genesis 3 and 6, the Lord's talking to Moses at the burning bush. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And I want to preach for just a few moments today and bring a thought to you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What a great God we serve. Let's pray for the word and the lesson today. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for what it teaches us and reminds us of today. And God, I pray it will be found seed into good ground, that our hearts could grow and we could bring forth much fruit. Help us today to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. And Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap as you're seated this morning. What a great God we serve, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. When you hear this title, you know, it could bring a lot of thoughts. You could think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and think, my, what powerful, wonderful figures from the scripture. Uh, if there was no Abraham, you know, the Bible says that we are the, all the children of Abraham, that he's the father of us all. Uh, he's the father of faith. And we know that if he had not obeyed the call to come out of uh, his land, well, where would God's people be, or would there be a people of God? Or you think of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You think, man, uh, that's uh, tremendous that he is uh, the God of his people, 
But he's not just the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's also the God of us. He's also the God of me. You could, you, you, that, there is an endless uh, set of commas you could just start putting in and start adding names because he's the God of all of us. And so I'm thankful today for the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, not just because that makes him the God of Israel, but because of who these men were, it's also telling us something else about God. When you look at this passage of Scripture, the, the five verses prior to what we just read, you'll find Moses, uh, that he has now 40 years been keeping his father-in-law's flock in the wilderness. He had spent, uh, he had spent 40 years growing up in Egypt, but now he was, uh, because of circumstances, he had found his, or he had fled from Egypt, and now he was in the wilderness, and we think of even of Moses, though, man, what a great man. Moses, powerful man of God, you know, deliverer of his people, but he was a man nonetheless, and uh, when he sees this fiery, burning bush. He said, I'm going to turn aside. I got to find out what's happening here. Uh, why is this bush burning, but nothing is being consumed? And as he gets there, a voice tells him, take the shoes off of your feet for where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that day when God speaks that, I want you to listen. God was not just identifying himself. God was also reminding Moses. Yeah, yeah, think about Moses for a minute. Moses, when he was uh, just a child, there was a decree in Egypt that all the males that were being born are to be killed. But his mom and dad, by faith, it says in Hebrews, by faith they hid Moses because they saw he was a proper child. And for three months, they keep him a secret and, and are able to protect him. And, uh, but there comes a time when they are no longer able to hide Moses. And, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes that they are listed in Hebrews 11 in that, uh, that, that chapter full of heroes of faith. But uh, there were two things that showed their faith. One is that they would hide Moses and not fear the king. I'm not going to do what the king said. I'm going to keep my child. He's a good child. He's a proper child. That showed faith. But then they realized that we can't hide him anymore. This is out of our hands. She takes Moses and puts him in an ark and sets him off in the crocodile-infested waters of the Nile and pushes him out. She realizes that sometimes you've got to just let go so God can do his greatest work. Oh, I know we'd like to think, well, you know, even as a parent, I can take care of this child, but sometimes you just got to let God have that situation. Oh, what, what faith it showed to let him go, to turn around and walk away as that basket began to float off and, and trust that God would take care of him. And, of course, we know that he did. We know that, uh, that he was actually raised up in Pharaoh's house, but his mother got to nurse him while he was there until the time that he would be weaned, but... We know that while he was there, evidently Moses, his mother, told him who he was. You are not a child of Egypt. You are not a child of Pharaoh, but you are a child of the Most High God. You are a Hebrew, and, and he began to tell him these things. But eventually she had to leave 
but it was something that stuck with him. You know, the scripture tells us if you train a child up in the way it should go, when he's old, he won't depart from it. Well, there came a time where Moses said, I'm going to go down and see what's happening with my people. And uh, he went uh, after he had been raised up a prince of Egypt. Uh, when Stephen's preaching about him in Acts chapter 7, it says that he was uh, mighty in word and deed, and he was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt. And so he, they didn't just teach him or, or keep him there like he's some kind of stepchild off in the corner. They, they raised him up as an Egyptian taught him all the things that he could learn, and he was raised up with all that knowledge and wisdom. And Egypt at that time was the mightiest power in the world. And so here's this prince of Egypt says, I'm going to go and see my people. And when he gets down to where his people are, uh, you know, the scripture says, well, let me just read what it says. It's in Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses said, I want to go down and see my people. And when he gets down there, he finds uh, one of his people being uh, just mercilessly uh, beaten and whipped. And so he intervenes and he kills the Egyptian that is beating his brother. And he uh, realizes that, uh, hey, you know, I've killed somebody. And he, he does what we all do. We try to hide what we've done wrong. He buries this guy in the sand. But it's found out. And they know that Moses has murdered someone. He, you know what Moses did? He murdered somebody. He killed him. Hell, it, yeah, he was intervening, but he took a life. He murdered someone, and when he realized what was going on, he did not stay and try to work it out. He fled. Moses ran away. He left his mama, his brother, and his sister, and his family, and his people. He left them to be slaves in Egypt. When his, his daughter, his Sister, when she was just a child, went and spoke to Pharaoh's daughter for, on his behalf. Should I get a Hebrew to come and nurse him? And, and you know, she uh, was brave enough to go in, into the palace and say, I've got somebody that will take care of this baby for you. And, and, but Moses, no, I'm running. How long or how many days and nights in those 40 years that Moses was now keeping sheep in the wilderness? Did he think about his brothers and sisters he left behind? You think Moses talk, thought about how educated he was or, or how learned he had been in Egypt or how he used to sleep in the palace? I'm sure he just destroyed his own self every day. Why? How could I leave my people? How could I do this? And he just tried to put it out of his mind. Moses was a flawed man. Moses had problems. But the God of his fathers visited him. Listen, he ran away and hid, but he wasn't hid from God. God didn't have to go looking for Moses. He knew right where he was at. I know right where to find Moses. I, when, hey, when we try to run and hide because of our flaws and our mistakes, hey, listen, God knows right where you are. And you're going to have an encounter with God one day. He's going to show up one day where you are. And it might be a miraculous intervention like it was with this bush. But when, when he said, get back to my point from earlier, whenever he said, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, he's not just letting Moses know who he is. 
not just identifying himself, God is also reminding a deeply flawed, a forgotten fugitive that God has a history of using flawed and fallible men. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had some problems too. And when he says, but I'm the God of them, I'm the God of imperfect people. I'm the God of people who fall flat on their face. I'm the God of people who get angry and make mistakes. I'm the God of people who run and hide. I'm, I'm that God. I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac. We say, whoo, Abraham, Father Abraham. Yeah, Abraham. Tell a little story there, Abraham. A little lie so you don't get killed. How about it, Isaac? Jacob, you ain't never cheat nobody out of their blessing, did you? Come on, somebody. You didn't go and deceive your own father. Come on, somebody. He, God, he's, when I, I'm the God of Abraham. I didn't throw Abraham away. I'm the God of Isaac. I didn't throw him away. I'm the God of Jacob. I didn't throw him away. Hey, God, I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of you. And I didn't come here. It hadn't caught up with you. I'm not here to destroy you and punish you, but I'm here to tell you about a new future. I'm here to cast a new vision because you've been hiding and maybe you, you've forgotten your faith and maybe you've forgotten everything your mother said, but I'm here to stir up your mind and remind you that I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and I have heard the cry of my people. And now it's time for something new to happen. In Hebrews 11 and 16, when he's talking about these patriarchs, this is what it says. But now... They desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. God is not ashamed to be called the God of imperfect people. Oh, I've broke God's heart. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. And God is still not ashamed to be called your God. God is not ashamed of you, though God doesn't like sin and God doesn't like mistakes, but God does not throw us to the curb. God loves us. Oh, God, what God will do is he'll just remind you who he is. I'm a savior. I'm full of mercy that endures forever. I have compassions that fail not. The scripture tells me it's by the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They're new every morning, and his compassions fail not. He is the God of imperfect people. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac, and he is the God of Jacob. He's the God of Moses. He's talking to a man. Moses was a murderer on the run. And God said, I got something for you to do. And it said, by faith, Moses. Let me tell you, all it takes is have faith. God will use you just like he used Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He used them to remind Moses, hey, I use imperfect people. He uses imperfect people, and God uses us today to remind others, hey, God uses imperfect people. When you look at your own life, you might find yourself sometimes like Moses. How did I end up here? Uh, These things that I've tried to hide that I think I've run far enough away But listen, you can't never run far enough away where God forgets it. God sees it all and God don't forget. But God forgives. 
There is forgiveness, the scripture says, with God that he may be feared. I'm glad today that God granted repentance unto his people. I'm glad that God shed his blood to wash me whiter than snow. I'm glad that God made a way that we could all be new creatures in Christ. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's more than just like he's the God of Israel. He's the God of humanity. He's the God of people, people who lie, people who cheat, people who steal, people who make mistakes, but he's still their God. He's not casting them off or throwing away God. Hey, hey, is he, anybody know Saul of Tarsus? You ever read about him in the New Testament? Feared God, was zealous of the traditions of the law, raised up under uh, one of the greatest teachers in Israel at the time. He was educated, he was smart, and he had power, and he was thought, hey, I'm doing a work for God. But one day, while he's persecuting the church, God doesn't kill him, but God just knocks him down on the road, and, and uh, he's kind of like uh, Moses there. Hey, who are you, Lord? He sees this bright light. It's brighter than the sun. I don't understand what's going on here. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus of Nazareth. You know what he was telling him in that name? He wasn't just identifying himself. He was saying, I'm the one that the angel said, and you shall call him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. <laughs> well, if he's got to save us from sins, that must mean some imperfections in there somewhere. Instead of just throwing us to the curb and kicking us aside, he said, I came to save. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to write you off, but I came to wash you whiter than snow. <laughs> He said, and guess what, Paul? Hey, I got something for you. Uh, you're going to get up, get baptized, and I'm going to tell you all the things that you're going to suffer for my name's sake. I'm going to let you know you're going to be a light to the Gentiles. You're going to start preaching this gospel all around the world, and, and it's going to be tough sometimes, but hey, I'm going to be with you. I'm glad today. I'm glad today that we have a God it is the God of imperfect people. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But that's more than just saying he's the God of Israel. That's letting me know he's the God of imperfect people. I don't want to try to hide and cover up what I did wrong. I, I want to confess my fault so he can forgive me. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing everything. I, you know, God, 40 years Moses lives in, in Egypt getting trained up, getting all he could do. Maybe he thought because he was mighty in word and deed, I'm the perfect person to deliver Israel. And so he goes down there and he, like I say, he kills that Egyptian, hides him in the sand. And when Stephen's preaching about him, he said, you know, Moses thought that the people would understand and get behind him and realize, hey, I'm here to deliver you. But they didn't. They said, who are you? <laughs> who made you a judge? Who, who are you? You're going to kill me like you did the Egyptian. Now you think you're the ruler over us? And and he realized, now I've just got to go. And I'm sure he felt like a failure. Man, I, if, if I can't, with all my wisdom and knowledge and that I've got, if I can't deliver them, how, then I guess they can't be delivered. And he just fled. He left. He ran from who he was. But God called him one day and said, you know, it took 40 years you got, uh, out here in this wilderness for you to get to the end of yourself. You know, for 40 years you were learning and growing and thought you were somebody, but it took 40 years out here tending sheep in the wilderness, beating yourself up to come to the end of yourself so that you could trust me. When God calls him Moses still, 
I can't grab it. He says, who am I? We do that. Well, who am I, Lord? All that is is you're just embodying all the, the fears and the insecurities you have about yourself. If God said, hey, I got something for you to do, just trust God. Quit trying to talk him out of it. Oh, hey, Moses did. Uh, well, Lord, I'm slow of speech. I'm not mighty in word and deed anymore. I'm slow of speech. Uh, if there's anybody else, send them. And God got angry with Moses, but he still. Aren't you glad God's long-suffering? The Bible says that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. And God is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so he said, here's the deal, Moses. I'm I'm going to send somebody with you and I'm going to let him talk and I'm going to let him throw that rod down and I'm going to let him do some signs and miracles so they'll know who who sent you and know who you are. And uh, we read about that. We think, well, he took Moses calling away, but you only see Aaron doing a few things right at the beginning. He throws the rod down and, you know, he does a few things. But then you see Moses picking up that rod. And there's hailstorms and lightning and boils and all kind of things. And it's Moses with that rod that parts the Red Sea. It's Moses. Moses finally gets it and picks up that faith and begins to do what God called him to do. We need to remember what God told Moses. If I send you, it's still not all on you. Because he said in, uh, in Exodus 3 and 12, he said, certainly I will be with thee. I'm going to go with you. It's not about who you are. It's about who I am. It's about who's with you. It's not about what you can do. Sometimes when we have a lot of talent, we have a lot of ability, we start trusting in ourselves. But God said, Moses, it ain't about that. It's about who I am. Moses, oh, they're not going to believe me. You just leave that up to me. The success of failure of Moses was not based on who he was, but on who God was. Paul tried to, hey, Lord, why don't you get these thorns out of my flesh? I could do a lot better. And the Lord said, nah, you can serve me with the thorns. Well, God, they ain't going to believe me when I get there. Who am I going to say sent me? And, and they, you know, I, I, am, I can't talk, I can't talk, and I can't say things right, and I'm not eloquent, and, and I'll... Hey, Moses, who made man's mouth? Who, who made his eyes and his ears? Who, who did all that? Was it? Oh, it was right. It's me. What about that? Man, I'm the master of it all. And if I want to send you as a mouthpiece, it's because I know that I'm going to be with you. It's just like Jesus told us. We don't have to be worried about what we do in this day or what we're going to say. But he said, I'm going to give you the spirit of truth and it will tell you what to say. Don't, don't be fretting in your mind and, and talking yourself out of witnessing to somebody. I'll give you what to say. Don't back out of that preaching invitation because I'll give you what to say. So many times we look, I can't talk to them. I can't do that. I, that's a big service. I can't go there and do that. That is surely there's somebody more qualified. I've heard preachers get up before and, and they would get ready to say, there's many people in this room that could do better than me tonight. Really? Not if God put you there. <laughs> I don't care who you are. This might be your first message. But there ain't nobody in here could do better than you tonight because God ordained you for that moment. 
That's you. You might slip, slide, and stumble all through the message, but somebody's going to repent. Somebody's going to pray. Somebody's going to get right because God's word don't return void. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's all these marvelous names, but when he told Moses, you know, if Moses could have just caught what he was saying, maybe Moses could remember what Abraham did or what Isaac did and Jacob did, but he could just remember, hey, I'm the God of imperfect people, Moses. And I know how you feel about yourself, and I've watched you kick yourself all over the backside of this wilderness for 40 years. But now I'm here to give you a fresh vision. I've heard the cry of my people, and we're going to get them out of there. And not just get them out, but we're going to take them into a land that flows with milk and honey. We're going to take them into a promised land, a place that I have prepared for them, and, and they're going to be blessed, and they're going to grow, and they're going to multiply, and I'm going to be with them. And I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. And oh, what a, what a people they were. Stiff-necked, crying, grumbling, complaining, disobedient. <laughs> and God, oh, if it hadn't been for Moses, you know, maybe that's why Moses could stand in the gap so easy. When God said, look, I'm just going to wipe them out, and I'll make a whole new people unto you. Lord, if you blot their name out, then blot mine out too. Because I remember how imperfect I was. And yet you called me and kept me and used me to do what you want to do. Don't blot them out, Lord. I know you're going to have to take do something. I know you're going to have to get them. You're going to have to get on them. But I, just don't, don't wipe them out. God's not here to wipe us out. God's not here to take us out. God's here to remind you every day. That's why I've said this before. There's new mercy every day. Mercy is new every morning. God's, God's the, that's that God. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. That's the God you serve. That's the God, a God that would wrap himself in a robe of flesh, be despised and rejected, abused and killed so you and I could have our sins washed away. He, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. So he's the God of sinners. He's the God of people who have not even sought him yet. He's the God of people that have turned their back on him. He's the God. He said, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. It is not my will that any perish. He said, I wish they would all come to a place of repentance. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. We're trying to stay on. I'm trying to work this schedule out with preaching. I'm trying to make sure we're on a timeline. It's, it's a little different. Uh, we'll figure it out. I want you to remind you today of the God you serve. Moses had his alone time and he already, you see how easy it was for him to just belittle himself in the eyes of God? I'm nobody, I'm not eloquent, I can't do this. Who am I, God? Send somebody else. Send somebody else. But God said, no, I've chose you. And you can do this. Scripture's full of people hiding from God when he called them. Jonah ran. I don't want to go to Nineveh. There's got to be somebody else. He tried to run from God. God didn't destroy him. Let him spend three days in the deep in the belly of a fish, but Jonah got the point. Gideon trying to hide from his 
disappointment, but God was there. God knows what he's doing. And God knows what he's doing with you. And you might be in that wilderness season right now. Maybe you're in that desert season, but don't you, don't you mistake it. God knows where you are. And he wants you to know this one thing today. I'm the God of your fathers. They made a lot of mistakes. But still, there's a whole host of them listed in Hebrews 11. David made a lot of mistakes. Look where he's listed. Come on. Old Peter made some bad choices, but look where he found himself. And you and I have made bad choices. We've made mistakes. We've, we've tried to hide from God, run from God maybe. But listen, if God called you, he knows it ain't about you, it's about him. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Let's lift our hands and pray to him this morning. And let's just, at the beginning when Moses heard that voice, he said, here am I. Why don't you just say today, here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Oh, today in the name of Jesus, Lord, here I am. Imperfect. Oh, God, so many mistakes. But, Lord, I love you, and it's my desire to serve you and do what you called me to do. Thank you today, Lord, for making a way that if I confess my faults, you're faithful to forgive. Lord, that if I just seek your face, humble myself, Lord, you're going to lift me up. Today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let us remember that you don't throw us away. But you're ready to work with us. You're ready to take care of us. You're ready to bless us today. Strengthen us today, God, in this place. Strengthen us in this hour. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, so many things in our past. But Lord, you've forgiven us. Hallelujah. Just worship for another moment. Hallelujah. Yeah. He wants to use you today. He loves you. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap of praise and a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
What a great God. What a great God. Hallelujah. 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 What a great God. Well, we thank the Lord. Listen, God's, all of us have a testimony. All of us know uh, what God's done in our lives. He's still doing it, even today. Moses had many ups and downs, but God was with him all the way to the end. You know, the scripture says that the Lord thought so much of Moses that when Moses died, God buried him and hid him away. He said, nobody knows where God put him at. God just put him in a special place. God's got a place for us. We need to start thinking about ourselves the way God thinks about us. Now, because he's long-suffering and merciful, that don't, that's not a license to just do what we want to do. He said, I called you out of Egypt, out of sin, so you would be holy as I am holy. God expects us to serve him, to worship him, and be his children. So don't get it wrong. But he loves his children today. Amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. What a great God this morning. What a great God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being in this service. This, uh, we'll probably tweak our services a little bit, but this is kind of the pattern next week. Also, at 11 o'clock, it'll be for the ones, our elderly and those that are have conditions, you know, health conditions, things like that. So we'll continue like this for a few weeks and see how things go. Hopefully, this virus is going to calm down and, and uh, God's going to take control of it. We can be better and get back to just having regular service. But uh, you can be dismissed this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being here. Don't forget, if you brought tithes and offering, you can uh, bring them up this morning.